You're listening to the SoulCast broadcast with Kenyon and Takara Martin, where we bring awareness to toxic relationships, encourage singles growth, and improve couples strengthening. We're helping you break the bonds that have broken you and build the bonds that will better you. Join us every week on Facebook Live, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and 4.30 p.m. Central. You can also send your questions to Instagram at AskTheMartins, as well as Twitter at AskTheMartins. Let's get into this week's episode. All right, so get started on the topic today. Um, Narcissists. So we've had a lot of conversations um, with different people, with couples, with singles who've been in relationships with people. um, And we put out um, a blog post last week, um, why you can't get over a narcissist. And that's gotten like over 2,000 shares, I think, and almost 3,000 shares um, from our blog at the Soul Ties Detox. Mm -hmm. And then somebody asked the question there that we actually get a lot, and I think it's really difficult to deal with. Um, So while they're talking about, yeah, I can't get over them and I get that, but what about parenting with them? I want to get over them. I want to, you know, be involved in your program, but what about when you have to deal with them as a co-parent? How do you make that work? And so my husband gave an amazing response um, and he broke it down into five steps. And so we wanted to make that our very first cast. Um, So that way we can really get the word out there about how to, you know, really manage that relationship, which ultimately begins with managing you. Absolutely. So I'll take it up, send it over to you. Thank you. So... Here's the thing, when you're dealing with a narcissist, uh, obviously off the bat, when you're breaking away from a toxic relationship, no matter who it is or what kind of person that is or what kind of mentality that is, uh, it's very hard because that's a relationship that you've been in for a long period of time. Right. And so you're molded inside that relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you've broken away from someone like a narcissist, now you got to understand some of the innate characteristics. Um, no empathy, uh, self-centrism, um, control, manipulation, um, um, all the way to places of where it's you. you it's, it's, um, there, there's a little bit of emotional abuse. Uh, there's a little bit of con- just just the key word for narcissism is control. Control. So when people are being ushered or being moved from those relationships, mm-hmm. or where they're being strengthened and they finally broken away it's hard when they have a child with that other person. Right. Because it feels less like I broke off the relationship and more like a um, a halfway house, if you will. Because the relationship was like a prison. Right. So now you feel like, okay, I'm not really out of prison yet because I got to continue to deal with their antics. I got to continue to deal with their personality. I got to continue to deal with their self-centrism. I got to continue to deal with all those things that made me sick to my stomach as I was trying to get out. So the idea is how do I parent my child in a healthy way, in a respectful and responsible way, with that other parent, allowing them to be a parent, but still maintaining my safety, my distance, and giving me enough time and, and, and a place to heal from them. Without it turning into an episode of Snapped. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> like, that's the thing. As long, as long as we don't turn into an episode of Snapped, Kenyon, how can we do that? What's okay. number one? So, number one is self-discipline. Um, well, I'll, and I want to back up here because here's the thing. When you understand that a narcissist 
the, the main or a narcissistic person because there are many people who have a narcissistic tendency when you deal with that kind of person you got to understand what makes them tick what do they eat off of they right. eat off of that attention they eat off of that validation they eat off of the ability to interact yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. We we eat. Um, we might have stopped by a few houses like yours, Miss Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the key piece piece of this whole thing of dealing with a narcissist and having a child with a narcissist and trying to co-parent with one, most of it depends on you. Yes, most of it depends on. Uh, your interaction with them. So the very first thing is self-discipline. Yes. So before we go deeper into self-discipline, because I know that's huge, that's the very first one. Mm -hmm. One thing that you said that I want to key in on um, really importantly is that we know narcissism is a very huge catchphrase. And we know it's like, you know, back in the day it was, oh, they just bipolar. Oh, they just crazy. Whereas now narcissistic tendencies the personality has become very very popular and so i think it's very important to say that somebody can have narcissistic tendencies without being classified diagnosed as a narcissist or even have a narcissistic personality disorder be careful with that so be careful because be, it is yeah it is a diagnosis it's a diagnosis so you can put somebody in a box or in a prison because they act a certain way and it may not be so we want to be careful of that you just have to know the signs and the danger points for where you are with that person and look for the tendencies, look for those things, and then continue on about how you need to live your life. Absolutely. Dangerous character flaws, if you will. Yeah. And, or narcissistic because we live in the zeitgeist where the spirit of the age is nar- narcissistic. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Not because that, that's very important because you might have someone who's not diagnosed right. as a narcissist. Mo- <laughs> We should do a show whether you can change a narcissist or not. We're going to do a show with can a narcissist change because that's the follow-up question we always get is do they change? Is it possible to change? Well, and so Everything is possible. But we'll get them, there. that belief. I'm just playing. Next, number okay. one. So number one is self-discipline. What we mean by that is this. You have to discipline your mentality, your thoughts, um, to only deal with the child regarding the other person. Yes. Here's the thing. You've been fighting. You've been in this relationship for a long period of time. And you spent some time in the relationship and it molded you into thinking about them in a particular type way. And so every time they come across, every time that they uh, show themselves in your life or lifestyle, uh, they trigger a reaction in you. What you have to do is you have to discipline your mind and your thoughts in order to think one way. My child is the focus of our interaction. Right. The child is the only reason why I'm talking to them. The child is the only topic that should come up in our conversation. The child or children, if you will, is the only thing that matters. Now, this takes self-discipline because it really counts on you. And what to focus on because you're going to have to guide the conversation. Guaranteed, you'll have to guide, guide the conversation, right? Because they're going to try to step out of that, out mm-hmm. of, in and out of that mix, um, and they may respect it at first until they realize that you got control, which really pulls a lot away from them. So the very first thing is the self-discipline. It's yeah, um, and if I can just add, yes. uh, and again, 
we haven't been on Periscope for some time now. And so my thing is I can only speak for women because that's all I know. I've never been a man. So I can only speak to and from a female perspective. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what we'll see happen is that while we're trying to exercise self-discipline, we go into every conversation fully believe and fully, fully persuaded that we, I'm not going to let them get to me. I'm not going to let him say anything that will take me off my game. And what they'll continue to do is push until they trigger something. And that's where the discipline comes in is because all you have to remember, like he just said, is that my child is number one. It's a point of reference. It's a point of reference. Every single time, take a deep breath. This is about the child. Anything else has nothing to do with anything but their need to want to get a response out of you. Absolutely. Again, like you said, if if going into the situation, like, uh, hey, Katina, going into the situation, you say, I'm not going to let them get to me. You don't have anything to focus on but them getting to you. Right. But if you walk in self-discipline saying that my child is what matters in this interaction, then you will keep your focus on your child. Does right. that make sense? Yes. And so the you, I mean, it's more. It's really a discipline. It's really uh, the psychology of a, a, a point of focus, um, rather than you know trying to fend them off. You have something that you're really dealing with, right? And if you can't deal with the child, then you don't deal with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that's the first one: self-discipline. The second step is self-control. Now, self-control is a little bit different than self-discipline. Self-discipline is already having your mind and your thoughts together. Um, if uh, with how you enter into the relation or enter into the interaction, the self-control is how you respond and react to them. Right. Keep this in mind. Uh, a person who is used to controlling, a person who like who has narcissistic tendencies is validated externally. And because they're validated externally, uh, they need you to validate them by your response. Right. So self-control deals with your personal control of your emotional expression dealing with them. You can't be moved. That's going to be very important. Because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't be moved because of the fact that you go back to number one, that self Discipline. You have to find a way for that resolve to step in. So, what do they do to try to draw a response? Somebody just asked, you know, what if they use the children? Absolutely. It's a perfect time to answer that question because they will use any and everything to draw a response. Here's the goal for them. They will draw, they want to draw any response. Now, keep this in mind. They're not thinking this. They're not planning this. They're not sitting at home trying to map out how they can disrupt your day. This is who they are. So they are willing to pull at any string in order to get closer to you or to press a button. Yes, ma'am. Guys, if you don't know me, I raise my hand whenever I have a point to make so I don't cut him off because I do it all the time. (laughs) So I raise my hand. I'm not crazy. He does not beat me behind closed doors. I just raise my hand so I can uh, hold on to my point while he's talking. But what I was going to say is that a lot of times you'll see um, them (laughs) using the children in a way that talks about, do you have another man? 
You know what I mean? Don't bring no other man around my kids. They'll start bringing up random stuff um, to see how you're going to respond to it. Even if they, here's the thing, even if they don't want you, even if they've left the relationship, even if they've abandoned the family, the whole focal point is control. So if they can get a rise out of you, that means in their mind, okay, she still loves me. He still wants me. If I can make them act a fool, that means they're still emotionally connected to me. They're emotionally connected and they are still mine. They're still I mine. Got them. Yes. Yes, even if they don't want you, it's about keeping you under their subjection and their control. So that way they know that as long as you're fussing and fighting and, and messing around with them, you're not thinking about anybody else but them. Absolutely. And it gets you emotionally disrupted. Now, here's the thing. They will not only use the children. They will use family members. They will use social media. They will use um, um, friends. They will reach out to in the church, your job. They will reach out to any and everyone in order to disrupt your emotional expression. And that's the key. You can't let them disrupt that. Even, yes, they will use church. Um, as a matter of fact, being in churches, uh, if I can, if I can be very blunt here, you will find a lot of entitlement and narcissistic behavior within uh, church uh, environments. Right, right. And so with that being the case, um, you'll find a lot of those relationships mm -hmm. um, um, being um, breaking down or a lot of behind closed doors unhappiness or dissatisfaction uh, within those pews. So yes, they will. They, they, and, and here's what they'll do. They'll introduce themselves as the victim. Right. Especially to the pastor or someone who's in, in charge or in authority. And they'll beat you to the punch because they have to PR themselves before they begin to bring you down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody asked the question. Yes, ma'am. What if they act like the child doesn't exist? What if you have to co-parent with one that doesn't talk to their son, basically just acts like he's invisible? Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to be real blunt with this. You can't change them. Mm -hmm. You you being married to them, you try to change them or being in a relationship with them. You try to change them. And the reason why you're out of that relationship is because you couldn't change them. But they changed you. They twisted you. They turned you. They gaslighted you. They manipulated you. They love bond. All those different type things. They've done that to you. And while our heart is with the child and what the child needs, needs. and wants, we got to understand that that child is going to rebound probably a lot better than you. Is not to dis um, to to discard the child. Is not to say that the child doesn't matter. What it does mean is that this person, this male or female, this man or woman, is going to continue to be who they are. And so the more you try to change them, the more you continue that relationship with them. Right. And that's a part of the whole um, controlling yourself. You can't get being mad at them is beyond the point. That's why you left them so that you can live in peace. Right. They're uh, no longer a well, they're no longer supposed to be a presence in your life. Absolutely. Because of who they are. It does not stop just because there's a child involved for a lot of them. A lot of times it's all about them and children only get in the way of them. So you can't force someone to be a parent. You can't force someone to be in their lives because if we're gut wrenching, honest, 
if we're gut-wrenching honest, we're trying to force them in our child's life to also force them to be a part of our lives. Because if we can force them to be a part of our lives and be a family with us, then there's still a chance that we're going to end up happily ever after. And so you have to separate what you want and what you desire and what you know your child needs from what the actual reality is of your current situation. You hit on something that's real important. What you let me tell you what you hit on. You hit on the lingering hope and the lingering despair. Right. There's always going because listen, you can't deny you used to love them. Right. And that's not going to go away easily. So you have to deal with the lingering emotional baggage that you have. And that's what we help people to kind of get rid of. But after that, you can't continue to grab at it but want to pull push it away right you see what i'm saying and let's think of it like this if they are poisonous to you how much more poisonous will they be to your child thank you thank you you have to you have to consider these things i know you want the best for your child but you got you must consider what's healthy and they're not healthy right okay you the the state that they're in consider the place that they are mentally psychologically emotionally and really think number one is this what i want around my child number two is this how i want my child to become because that's what you're really wrestling with at that moment is trying to force someone to be in your child's life that you may not want your child to turn out like all because you think it's important for that person to be in your child's life. What I love about children is that children always find out. They're resilient. Just give them, they're resilient, but they always find out. They will find out who that person is. There are so many people in relationships right now trying to hide the monster that the other parent was. And it's okay because you shouldn't be the one to introduce them to that. Right. However, they will introduce themselves because that person will continue to be that person unless by the grace of God they are changed. Does that make sense to everybody? Absolutely. So here's the thing though. Let's continue on with that point because you have the self-discipline you have the self-control controlling your own emotions mm -hmm. but that leads us to planning uh the third point is a strategy because um we're dealing with the person who will use any and everyone in order to get to you so you have to have a backup for your backup whenever they're supposed to do something mm -hmm. whenever they're they're supposed to be there for you they're supposed to pick up the child drop off the child I guarantee you either once or twice and you can um, you know hit the hearts or whatever the case may be if right. you ever dealt with this I guarantee you they will not show up or they will be late showing up in order to get to you right they'll guarantee. cancel plans yeah they'll cancel plans they'll miss plans they'll try to reschedule plans they'll pick a fight with you so they don't show up anything about that when my children were little um, and I was going through this with their father, I would never even tell them that their father was coming until he arrived at the door because I did not want the hassle of the disappointment. I didn't make plans. I didn't get dressed. I didn't pack a diaper bag, nothing. Until you got to my house at the door, and now you have to wait because I did not know <laughs> whether or not you were going to show up or not. All I knew was that you were going to be you. So have a backup plan. What you want to do is, let's just say you're working one day and you and you have to depend on him to go get the child because it's his week, his day, or her week or her day, what have you. Have a backup plan. Mom, friend, family, teacher, mentor, 
anyone in authority, someone at the church, have a backup plan. Because when you have a backup plan for someone you couldn't depend on in the first place, then that relieves you of the stress. Yes. That gives you peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you from exhibiting or expressing emotion or projecting that emotion in their way so they can eat it up like Pac-Man. So it keeps you in control. It keeps you empowered, if you will, not in control of them, in control of you in your situation Thank as you. a parent. Okay, so you want the self-discipline, you want the strategy. Also, uh, as a part of that strategy, we mentioned an app. Oh, yeah. This is a very important app. Uh, let's see. What is it called, babe? Um, you gave us the name <laughs> of the app. It's, um, um, I, th I think it's My Family Planner or something of that nature. No, that's not uh, it. I'll I'll get the name of the app. So listen, after this, go to the soultiesdetox.com and go to our blog. Yeah. This video will be posted yeah. as well as the actual blog post that has an app. What this app does um, that we so eloquently forgot the name of, what it does is that it allows all communication between you and your ex regarding the child to be filtered through that app. Okay, and so if there's a soccer practice, if there's a our family wizard, that's thank it. you, Kiana. That's it. Thank you so much, Kiana. <laughs> it's our family wizard, thank you. and so as soon as anything happens between uh, you and that the co-parent that you're parenting with, um, it doesn't have to be anything other than the child. So, I told you you've been in my house, right? <laughs> so, um, that way, when you're dealing with this app, it relieves the stress from you having to force interaction between you and them. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, this app is used in some courts in, in some states. You can actually get, if you have a custody agreement drawn up, you can actually get the custody agreement augmented um, so that it includes that app. And that way you can actually enforce the use of that. Um, I'm not sure of any cost, so you'll have to it take a look at it. It does have a cost associated with it. I just okay. don't know what, which one. Well, I can tell you this. They, depending on how the courts feel, they can assign the cost as well. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a top-notch product, but you can go in. You can put everything there that the other parent is supposed to do and just have them check that and then you guys relay through that until you're done. And then you have a running record. If there's any inconsistency going on, that app then gives you a running record yes. for that other parent. So that way, if you have to show up in court later to dispute anything, you've got a handy dandy electronic app that has recorded all of those interactions, the misses, the whatever that's and going on. You gotta on record there. the interactions. That's one thing that I say and I and I understand in the in the temperature of the environment socially right now as we speak about everything going on out there, right? I understand that, but you we have to get rid of the stigma of law and law enforcement because is very important because you may have to utilize that in order to get interaction. Okay, this is very important. Thank you so much, Kanisha. It's very important. Okay, um, I want you to to wipe that stigma, stigma out of your mind. I know what we're dealing with today, but that does not mean <laughs> that it doesn't work. And I want you uh, to really be prepared. Oh, Tomiko, he may not want to pay it, but guess what? 
with the proper order and the proper magistrate behind that, he can't pay it. <laughs> he will have to. There will be no other choice. The thing is that you have to be willing to go that far in order to get your peace. Yeah. There, there, and like you were saying, there's such a stigma attached to, you know, we don't use the law. We don't use counselors. You know, um, it's not for us as African-Americans, especially. But you have to get away from the idea, like my husband was saying, that this stuff... Um, a lot of times either it's going to be too much work, you're going to feel like it's too much work, or that it's, you know, that's not stuff that we use. We just, you know, I'm just going, I'm going to be good all by myself, and I'm going to handle this on my own. When in reality is, a lot of people can tell you that once you've lived this kind of hell mm-hmm. of having to deal with somebody whose sole purpose in life seems like it is just to torture you, um, you have to do whatever it takes. And that is going to get a counselor to even, I had a counselor write me a diagnosis, write me an order so that way I could take it to a judge. So that way, when the judge saw it, if it got down to it, it made a bigger case for you to have to deal with things in a certain way. So don't believe the hype that that's just not what we do. Do the work. This is your Shawshank Redemption. Do the work. You're going to have more than a spoon, though. <laughs> Amen. We're running out of time. Let's go ahead and get through this because I know we still want to get to the Kiki. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's do this. Uh, so you have self-discipline, self-control, strategy, and safety. What I want you to be very, very uh, cognizant of is your safety. It's very important. When you're dealing with a narcissistic uh, person, uh, they take everything personal. They're not only victims, but they take everything personal and the further you move from them you're really prohibiting their control you're prohibiting what they believe that they're entitled to and there's a possibility that whatever they're doing can escalate right and even if they've never been violent in the past you've never seen them lose you to such an extent of cutting them off that can be um, um, jarring to their world so you want to be very careful and you want to make sure that you stay safe to the extent that you're willing to use law and law enforcement there are way too many domestic cases um, going on right now right I pass my wife uh, um, uh, articles almost daily now of things that has happened that should not happen please please Make sure that you stay safe. And then finally, oh, go ahead, babe. Well, make sure you stay safe. And that means, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm sorry, we've seen Snap. Snap goes both ways. It's not just women killing men. You got men shooting the ladies too. So when it comes down to it, a lot of times we misinterpret or misread the signs that somebody's escalating in their danger zones because we feel like we can handle them. We've handled them before. Yes. All they did was kicked in a wall. All they did was yelled and cussed. I called the cops. It was fine. I can handle it. I can handle them. You feel like if you placate them for long enough, you can get them out the door. You can get them out the house or whatever. When they begin to experience the level of control that they will no longer have over you, that's when it becomes dangerous. So that's what you have to do all the time is considered the fact that listen yes you handled them before but at this present time you do not know what they're capable of so I'm sorry make sure you have I'm, I slept with a, a machete up under my pillow <laughs> until my divorce is final I made sure I knew where all weapons were in my house in case anything popped off and so I mean eventually I just said King and Martin can you come over but 
Thank you, silly. <laughs> but understand that you need protection, and it's okay to do things to protect yourself. Don't go looking for trouble and shoot nobody. But do things that you need to protect yourself. Your, 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 and, and going back to our very first point, your child needs you. Your child needs you to be safe. Right. Uh, and your child needs you to be healthy, and your child needs you home. Your child needs you mentally safe, emotionally safe, as well as physically safe. Does that make sense? Um, I'm so, 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 so sorry to hear that, Nikki. Yeah. Um, so somebody just said they were in a violent 20-year marriage, mm -hmm. trying to stay for their five children, and finally, when they left, he tried to kill her. Yeah. And that's and that is not uncommon. And we thank God that you're safe right now. Thank God that you're safe right now. And maintain you. that safety and maintain that distance. Distance. And understand. I think we'll have something to deal with um, victims later. But understand that that's not that's not your fault. That's all him. Okay. And we'll talk to you a little bit later. Let me, let me get to this last one. Get to the last one. The last one. Number five is let go. Number one is self-discipline. Number two is control. Number three is strategy. Number four is safety. Number five is finally let go. Why do I have to make that statement? Because you've been holding on for far too long. Right. Uh, uh, one of the biggest things I find uh, dealing with the exes of narcissists or narcissistic people is that that person is still bitter or that per person is still in a place of hope. That person still has some connections because of the love that they shared. Or that person is bent out of shape because of all the confusion that's gone on. You've gone through a cyclical, a cyclical madness with this person. Yes. They made you feel like you were a million dollars. They made you feel like you were trash the next minute. And so all of that does something to you mentally and emotionally. And so what you have to do is you have to let go of the anger. You have to let go of the bitterness. You have to let go of the resentment. And you have to let go of the hope because there is still some, um, some a, a dash, a shadow, underlying. a shade, an underlying of if they can only get right, we can have a family. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So you want to let go. You have to let go. You have to praise God for the 10-year survivor thank you thank you yes ma'am I mean one thing you said um, in the blog and again the blog will be posted on the soul ties detox.com um, probably tomorrow but one thing that you said was that it was like that that contrast of, of the the two worlds that they're going through yes. it's like you hate them and you want them to pay for what they did to you but you also want them to love you you know what I mean and so it's it's one of those things where it's like you hate what they put you through you hate what you feel um, as a result of, of dealing with all of that but you also want them to pay but the other side of it is that yes you want your child to have a parent you want your child to have that complete family and so letting go is so important because you have to understand why you feel that way and I think that's what we we came back and we circled from that all the, you know we got this entire topic from the overarching idea that there are reasons why you're still tied to this person and you have to learn why you're tied to them and then you have to begin to figure out ways to begin to let go of them absolutely and it takes energy it takes effort it's not easy um it's not uh it's not something that you just make a decision of. Yeah, it's not overnight. On. Yeah, it's not overnight because they've spent a lot of time, um, for lack of a better word, abusing you, and it gets it gets habitual. They're living in your head. They're living in the space in your head, and you have to forcibly evict them 
um, through some kind of process, through some kind of plan, through some kind of thing. And and that's kind of where we end up. We help people at least begin that process. Right. Exactly. You know, so that's why we're that's here. That. We're here to answer those questions. Um, if you have any other questions, start to put those through. But every week, y'all, we are going to bring you what we call our Soul Glow Spotlight. <laughs> yeah, now the Soul Glow Spotlight is all about dealing with something that we saw in, media. in pop culture yep. and media. And, you know, what we do is, as counselors, we look at these different situations and we apply what we would say or do uh, regarding that situation for those two people. We apply, yeah, our our uh, opinions, but our observations and education to that as well. Yes. So uh, now this is one I'm going to let uh, Takara <laughs> uh, go ahead and take the reins on because it's it's real touchy and it's real touchy for men to touch on this topic, especially during this time. Go ahead, babe. So how many, I mean, can y'all just like hit up some hearts if we know who Kiki Wyatt is and you know what's going on in that whole situation right now um, with Kiki Wyatt? Let me tell you, first of all, I grew up on Kiki um, and Avant and all of that when I was a kid. So let me tell you, I love me some Kiki Wyatt. However, um, it came out in the news. She's pregnant with her ninth child. Um, ninth child. Yes, you heard me. Okay. Um, and that she, might explain some things. They have another child going through chemotherapy at the moment. Oh. I've seen R&B divas. I've seen um, the hot vocalist mess that Kiki is. I still love her. I still love her. I want to see her. I want to hug her. Um, and so she went, took to Instagram Somebody said that's how she self-medicates as the children. Yes, I've heard that. Um, she took the mm. Instagram talking about, okay. hey, um, Michael Jamar is leaving me. I'm, you know, she's crying. She's got a child that has cancer. She's pregnant. How dare him? How dare him leave me? Y'all can have Michael Jamar. All of that. Through observation, I've seen um, the good, bad, and ugly of that relationship and the toxicity that sometimes comes. Yeah. Um, in those types of environments. And somebody, yeah. um, somebody that I love dearly took to Facebook and said, Michael Jamar is wrong for leaving. He shouldn't have left. How dare he left? He has no reason, no excuse to leave her. Um, you know, she's pregnant and this is from somebody who had no children. Like, <laughs> And so I was like, yeah. okay. So for me, my knee-jerk response as a domestic violence survivor is how dare you right you know so the question became should he have left what is what becomes the point at which it makes it okay for anybody to leave a toxic situation is it right no um you know does it feel good absolutely not but at what point do we give ourselves a permission to leave a toxic situation okay so She's verbally abusive. I think sometimes she's physically abusive, you know, puts them down. And so I was just like, I went in. I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. God hates divorce, but God loves your health and sanity much more. And so I went in and so much to say that how dare you criticize anyone for getting out of a, a toxic situation for their health, for their wellness. And I'm sorry also for their children. And they came down on me. No, he shouldn't have left. Um, you know, and, and so my argument was if this was a woman 
if this was a woman in this exact same situation, let's rewind a few months back, Mary J. Blige, would we feel the same way? And so I had to go to my husband because I didn't go to school for this. He went to school for this, right? So I had to go to him and I'm like, Kenya, okay, so what am I missing? Am I missing something here? Because I don't care what church you go to. You can never, ever, ever tell me that it's going to be okay for so you to for you to tell someone that they have to stay in a situation that's toxic. And well, you said, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just gets my pot boiling. I get, I'm so angry. I said, baby, you're right. You're just right. That's all it is. Thank you. <laughs> but really, it's hard for a man to speak from this position because you have so many dynamics of this situation. You have nine children now that I realize that. You have a child who has ill health and you have a woman who is pregnant, which we know that hormones go through that situation as well. So what I do is I subtract all of that. I subtract the children, I subtract the pregnancy, I subtract all the stresses that they're dealing with and I'm asking myself, who is this woman without those things? And I realize that if she is the same person without those things, these things are just added on. We are on a slippery slope when we say that mental, emotional, or any kind of abuse is okay just because certain things are happening or, or there's a certain dynamic that lies within our environment. If she married him knowing that he was a, a, an abuser emotionally or physically and he was going through a tough time, he maybe lost a mother or maybe lost a sibling or something of that nature, would we make it okay for him to treat her like she treats him? Exactly. Would exactly. we make it on a, okay? So there is a... Um, there is definitely a thin line where we have to be careful of the slippery slope of saying abuse is okay just because he's a man and he should be able to take it. Exactly. Abuse is okay just because, you know, she's ill at this point or because she's going through so many things. We have to be very careful of that. I can't tell you the dynamics of his character. Right. Um, I've seen some of his uh, information, what he's put out there, um, and the idea is that he is, let me put it this way, no one is any good being destroyed by toxic, uh, by a toxic relationship. Right. You have nine children, you have one on the way, obviously there's love there, there has to be some love there. Something. And you have a child who's in in, in, uh, in the hospital or on medication right. uh, that's, uh, that's very ill. Right. And how do you allow yourself to be broken down? Right. Toxically. And you're not going if you're broken down to that extent, you're not going to be available for the people you love, your children or even your wife. Thank you. Or husband. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, yes, Lisa, there has to be a physical desire. That's why I said something. But here's. Here's here's the thing, because I heard somebody say, or I saw I just read a comment that said God can heal a toxic relationship. Absolutely, he can. God can, God heal can do anything. He can heal toxic relationships. He can heal cancer. He can heal leprosy. He can uh, make limbs grow where there were none before. That's not the question. God cannot force us to be saved. God cannot force us to change and love the people that have promised to love us. There is a place of accountability where someone has to choose to be healed. That's right. 
where someone has to choose to change, choose to grow. You have to first, I mean, again, because we're Christian, you have to first choose God. Because as soon as you choose God, you then choose his ways of living, his ordinances, how yes. he desires for us to treat and love our mates and, and our spouses. And that's a growing process. And yes, that is a growing process. Yes, but, but to say that God can heal, absolutely. But can God go and reach and force you to do something? No, he gave us dominion. He gave us free will. He won't. He could. But he, he could, won't. but he won't. <laughs> he, because that's not how it's set up. That's not how it's set up. Again, and I always put it this way. Yeah. For God so loved the world, that means everybody, the whole world, for all time and all space, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him, though. So in there becomes a choice. He wishes it for everyone not wishes he wants it he for everyone but love god being love for first john 4 and 8 god being love personified he will allow you to make that choice he said i give to you blessings and curses life and death but choose life he wants you to choose life. He didn't say, I'm going to force you. Here's life. Take it. Shove it down your throat so you and your children can live. He said, but hey, choose life so that you so, and your children can live. It is a choice. So they can be healed. It's absolutely. And that's what we would pray for any marriage. But I'm telling you, the institution is not above the person. Thank you. The institution is never above the person. Thank you for tuning in to this week's SoulCast broadcast. We hope you enjoyed the program. We invite you to visit us at thesoultiesdetox.com where you can leave your voice recorded question or comment that may be selected for future SoulCast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay up to date with our program. See you next week.